Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast, the review edition, recorded here on a Sunday night. I am Spencer Hall, Editorial Director of SB Nation, much to my amazement and continual shock, and uh, creator of Every Day Should Be Saturday. Joining me from beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia, is our college football editor, uh, Jason Kirk. Say hello, Jason. Hello. And from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, Brian Nanny. You know, uh, one of the commenters on, I think, an SB Nation main page post traced the line of transitive succession such that Kennesaw State has a transitive win over Bama. Yeah, and I don't even know if that person did that as a present for me, but... but you get that. That's yours. I can, I can, I can claim that comment. I, I, I beat Bama. Jason beat Bama, y'all. Yeah, Old Miss beat Bama. How good can they be? Man, oh. 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 let's just <laughs> that didn't really happen. Yeah, let's just start with that. If you're listening to this for the first time, by the way, we have a couple of different stances on the Alabama football program here. One that Jason thinks they're fine, respectable. I, I think I'm representing this well by saying that you believe that they're one of the best teams in the country and that the way they play is just fine. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, I, I would say that if I'm guessing Ryan's stance here, it would be that also they are just fine. You might find their fan base a bit repellent. You you might occasionally find their style of play a little baffling offensively, but you admire the defense and overall think that they are one of the best teams in the nation, correct? I mean, the only thing I would add as a gloss to that is that Bama is basically Shadow Link, and if you just try to attack him, he knows all your moves. You gotta you gotta do something different. You're losing to Shadow Link, LSU. And my official editorial stances on Alabama is that I would like them to just go away. I'm tired of watching this. That uh-huh. I find I find their style of play to be retrograde, brutal, unbeautiful, inelegant, and evenly stacked because they have the best compensation program. Whatever they're doing to get people to go to Tuscaloosa. Everyone says, Well, it's really hard to get players to insert team Morgantown, Clemson. Right? We never say, Wow, how do they get players to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama? And we really should. Dreamland Barbie. No. Oh. No. I just said that to piss Jason off. I'm Tuscalo- sorry. No, no, no. Tuscaloosa Dreamland is pretty good. People <laughs> like to shit on it because they're hipsters. Right. But yeah, Tuscaloosa yeah. Dreamland is pretty good. It's, it's, fa- it's spinoffs, fa- however, are so fucking awful that they've tarnished the name and you shouldn't even go to the Tuscaloosa one. But Tuscaloosa Dreamland is fine. Just yep. between us. Yeah, just go to Archibald's. Mm, yeah, just, cut, just, just, just solve the whole problem and yeah. I'll also, else. I'll also state controversially, in most bars, uh, you can get pretty decent barbecue. And for me, the barbecue that is at hand next to the bar stool is superior to the one I have to go 20 miles out of town for. A brisket in the hand. Brisket in the hand. And you can find brisket in bushes in Tuscaloosa. Don't believe that. The other thing about Alabama is that I just find their style of play to be just just dull. It's, just- it's kind of like watching um, a state legislature work where you're just like, oh, this is so slow and procedural and heartless. But if you are the kind of person who appreciates that kind of grinding machination, you can be like, oh, you see what they did there? They didn't have cloture. That's, that's just brilliant. I uh, guess I'll Alabama's put- for you. Every Alabama game is every John Cena match where um, – there's the exact same level of love and hate in the crowd. There's the same five moves of death. 
there's the same, oh, okay, this guy won. That's that's surprising. Um, but there's also sort of this this evolution over time where if you really look closely, you can see ways that it's getting more entertaining. And, and and it's actually becoming more uh, more more pleasing to you know stylistically, not a whole lot. It's still not lucha. It's still not a cage match. But you know, over time, you can see the storytelling elements are are, are starting to become more refined. You know, Lane Kiffin owns a luchador mask. It is this not. Is, it is not for public use. But I, I, just yeah, one of say, I, one I, of I, several I, reasons we want him at Miami, so he's closer to Central America. I don't. Hola, I don't know how he's using it. Me amo Juan Agua Fresca. Juan Agua Fresca. So before we even begin discussing Alabama LSU, you should know two people are fine with them. One of them is completely sick with it because I've just I. That's not why I watch college football. Roll Tide. Yeah, I don't watch college football to watch uh, the Miami Dolphins. How much of that, if we're being totally honest, how much of that is the fact that you saw a very dollar store version of Alabama football during the four years of Will Muschamp's tenure. <sighs> like if that, if you took that out of the equation, zero, zero. I just, okay. even, even like Pete Carroll's teams, Pete Carroll's teams are probably best described as pro style. The ones that he fielded at USC and they were still just mindlessly aggressive, very entertaining, brutal, a refined brutality, if you will. I really enjoyed watching them. Got Matt Leinert paid. Yeah. Alabama in the second half is just there to pick up a paycheck. They're just there to run out the clock on the day. Not a literal paycheck, sir. We're talking about <laughs> Alabama Crips and Tide student athletes. It's a spiritual paycheck. Uh-huh. No, mm-hmm. um, Auburn's five and four. Yeah, there. Oh, boy. If we're, if we're talking about spiritual paychecks. Oh, boy. That's... Auburn's, Auburn's spiritual wages have been garnished. Fair. <laughs> laying up treasures in heaven, Ryan. <laughs> where, the, where the moth can't corrupt them and the Music City Bowl cannot steal them. Fair and balanced coverage. Auburn is 5-4. and four. And still managed to beat Texas A&M this not week. Just, oh, God. Not just beat. Embarrassed Texas A&M. <laughs> they, they managed to give the Aggies an even deeper existential crisis than... The one they were already amidst. Kevin Sumlin is making a great push for highly paid SEC West coach who, who at the end of the season, the fans are going to say, man, what the fuck? He's also, I like how every week Kevin Sumlin bounces between NFL rumors and <laughs> like A&M fans wanting rid of him. Like if, you know, the, I feel like the Chargers is a team we always have higher college coaches, but if the Chargers pluck away Kevin Sumlin, like Aggie fans are, I, I feel like right now they're kind of like, oh, okay, fine. Well, the Chargers to me would be out of the SEC West would be appropriate because the Chargers from 2002 to 2006 employed LSU's offensive coordinator. That would be Cam Cameron. When Cam Cameron, the offensive coordinator for LSU, saw multiple people in the box, for instance, in the I formation, according to AL.com, on every single play they had at least seven Alabama defenders in the box. What, what would you do if you had that many large, extremely angry, and talented defenders in the box and your guys in single coverage? Just go right at it. That retaining wall probably wasn't constructed well. Just ram it. 
It's not about what's effective. It's, I would about, probably, it's about proving something psychological. I, I think I'd have my quarterback throw it 19 times and hopefully complete about six of them. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you'd do. Get, that, that, that's that's probably how you'd loosen up that that front mm-hmm. is uh, attack it with your sort of your jump ball passing game, and you, you got to respect. Maybe it doesn't work at all. You, you got to respect these nearly two completions per quarter. <laughs> yeah, because uh, guess what? That's it's not what LSU did. They admittedly LSU passed a little bit, but I don't know why we don't talk about that. Like this is less miles goes into this game and. To be fair, we have seen incomprehensible Les Miles game plans before. For instance, everything in the last time LSU and Alabama faced for these kinds of stakes, i.e. the championship game. I think that one was worse. Yeah, that one was worse. It's getting better. It's getting <laughs> It's getting slightly better. But in this one, LSU basically decided to have a headbutting contest with Alabama. And guess what? Uh, you lose. No, nobody has a harder head or a thicker skull than Alabama. That's the game they want you to play. That's the game they're designed to play. And it, it didn't really work out well. I just don't know what within their toolkit would have worked because the, 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 the run-pass ratio is, is pretty equal. And I mean... 19 to 26. Yeah. That's really not far Nin- off. 19 passes to 26 runs. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, and, and Brandon Harris also five runs, and I, I don't recall, uh, but you can probably factor in <laughs> at least a sack and at least a scramble in there. So more or less even runs and passes. And I mean, if we want to say they should have put out, you know, five wide receivers or whatever, that's not really in their tool set, man. I mean, it's just once once a team with LSU's, you know, core competency gets down 10 to Alabama, Sure, they can tie that up, but that's already in the long run. That's already a hole. I just don't know what more LSU could have done here. I just question the way you're built at that point, right? Like, they're, yeah, I mean, they're, it's they're it's in a, your division. It's not like you didn't see this coming. To me, it's the same as oh, like we got to play Alabama again, Florida yeah. going must champ, or like Georgia fans wanting Kirby Smart, or that time Auburn wanted Kirby Smart. Like, oh, no. why, <laughs> why be knockoff Bama? There's already a Bama. You know, you can beat everyone but Bama the way Bama beats people, but you can't out Bama Bama. No, you can't. You're, you're not. You're basically not going to outspend them in college recruiting bucks, which again are not real money. No, it's it's all uh, goodwill. And and uh, emotional, and, and emotional kind wishes. counts like like you have with a loved one <laughs> in the bank. Mm-hmm. Also, Nick Saban has a debt in that department as well. The bank of you, oh, Miss <laughs> <laughs> Terry. Miss Terry, I am going to need to uh, file for bankruptcy. <laughs> Just listen, South Florida real estate. It's never <laughs> been a bad idea until it is. <sighs> yeah, this was horrible to watch. It was just horrible and predictable and just bad. I had just, I had some hope that the second half was going to be good because as as poorly as the first half went for LSU, they were only down three, and then they just got steamrolled in the third quarter. Yeah, and like out of that ten one, I believe their first touchdown. It was one of those, you know, they got a, they connected on a couple longer passes, and it's like, you know, are they gonna do the are they gonna do the Cardell Jones thing, Bama? Mm-hmm. That worked. That was one of the you know Johnny Manziel pulled that off a few times. If you can start connecting on those, you can make stuff happen against Bama, and then that well just dried up 
fast. I, I love seeing when people go under center against Alabama. Ooh. Like I just start hooting the minute that happens. Rolling on the floor. What are you even thinking? Why? Why, why are you going to put your quarterback's head that close to Ashawn Robinson? It's a bad decision. Well, you could back him up, but he's just going to jump over the center. <laughs> he'll, just, <laughs> he'll just leap over the center. That 320-pound motherfucker box jumped over a human to block a field goal. Cross, At that point, just get off the field. Cross just it leap. works. <laughs> it's like, wow, man! I bet his Fran is amazing. Probably Al- does Fran in under three minutes. Alabama, like, there's some, somebody looking at that like, ah, oh, that's not impressive. The guy was bent over. Like, okay, okay, you box jump over a human with like probably 150 pound weight on your back. Yeah, yeah. I was Alabama, say. Alabama is the CrossFit of football because they're terrifyingly strong, and they will grievously injure you at some point. And, and yeah, themselves. And cult like. <laughs> And cult like that's all an Alabama fan wants to tell you about, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, have you tried Alabama football? It's amazing. It'll change everything. <laughs> It'll hurt you into shape. It'll, it's a process. It is. We've synthesized all the best parts of everything else into this glorious product. There's yeah. so many weird rituals. Like every day, it's it's, it's <laughs> on like do 18 hail Sabins. And this is this is it. By the way, here are the three teams, not counting. Poor uh, Charleston, right? Who has to play them? If they play Charleston Southern or Coastal Carolina, which titan of industry do they play? You're referring to SEC SoCon weekend. Yes, for the SEC SoCon they, weekend. They, they draw Charleston Southern Charleston in that Southern. bracket. They draw as, Charleston. Opo- as opposed to Charleston Northern. Yes. Charleston Northern's trash. Charleston, yes. Charleston, <laughs> Charleston Southern, which, oh, surprisingly. Charleston Southern. Char- Charleston Southern of the. I do decla- that's got to be the most I do declare I name do. in all of Division One. I. I would I, say maybe Charleston Southern Baptist would be more. Yeah. Other oh, than God. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charleston Southern Baptist AME refined third church of Iconium playing, uh, shockingly, at Bryant-Denny. Amazing they didn't go to Charleston for this one. It's uh, it's it's a little cold that time of year. That's probably why. Ain't nothing to recruit there. <coughs> the the game besides that, if we excuse the poor Charleston Southern Buccaneers, the three teams standing between Alabama, it, it likely because Florida has clinched the East, they will go to Atlanta. So the three teams standing between Alabama uh, occupying a playoff slot. And, uh, you know, an interesting college football universe where something different happens would be Mississippi State, (sighs) Auburn, (laughs) and Florida. (laughs) (laughs) What What I like, what I will say, I appreciate about Bama that they pick their letdown spots for teams, with the exception of Ole Miss, obviously, with teams that are unequipped to take advantage. Like, Tennessee, probably all told, should have grabbed that game. And they just couldn't do it. Yeah. No, no, hand, handed it to them uh, with the requirement that you'd have to have two hands to, to pick up that opportunity. However, and, and Tennessee, te- and Tennessee, Tennessee Buster Bluthed it. Yep, Tennessee just has two fake hands I'm a monster. <laughs> I feel like Mississippi State is sort of the opposite there like yeah. not a whole ton of talent but they're very competent sure you know I, I think they're gonna have a nice orderly like 13 point loss to Bama and you know if, if they had more of the more of the raw materials Tennessee has maybe they could make something of it but they don't 
hey, remember, by the way, though, if you want a little bit of hope, Mississippi State actually scored more than seven points, right? Right? That's that last year against Alabama. Oh, yeah, yeah. Based on uh, based on the law of Mullen, they'll be up to like 14 this year, I think, 16 they, or so. You got a progression. Because remember, against Nick Saban, uh, they didn't break. They broke, uh, let's see, since 2007. Their highest point total was point total was twenty. But you throw it out and it's like ten, seventeen, seven, 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 three, and seven. Well, you know what'll happen if they lose to Mississippi State. Hmm. The tiebreakers will work out in the end such that Bama still goes. Yeah, why are we to, even bothering? The championship. Yeah, it, yeah, but that's fine. I just want I just want it with two losses so I can do some magnificent horseshit like vaulting Oklahoma State over them. Houston. Put in Houston. Put in Houston. <laughs> you know, we Sorry, tried putting Bama. Oklahoma State ahead of Bama, and that was what gave us a playoff to begin with. <laughs> you do this again, we'll have an eight-team show. That's fine. We can just keep doing this. We'll just keep expanding the playoff for just you, Bama. keep expanding it until the Cowboys <laughs> finally make it in over the tie. 64 teams. Yep, Mike Gundy <laughs> got them. <in. laughs> OSU. Finally in the field. OSU. On the on the positive side, it's really fun to watch Derrick Henry. Well, I I am not immune to that. He said it. I said it. Wow. Said it. He it. loves the tide. He's coming around at the tide. All right, that's all we're going to talk about that game now. All right, that's the show. Derrick Derrick Henry's back. Yeah. Goodbye, y'all. It's been fun. Hey, uh, you want to talk about Oklahoma State though? I would really like to discuss. <laughs> I would like to discuss whatever the hell happened because I have not watched this game. But only sat in mute horror, refreshing the box score and asking people what in the hell was happening. That is that is not really the wrong way to look at this game, though. Because by a lot of the raw metrics, this was a closer game than indicated. Third down conversions. Oklahoma State, 2 of 11. TCU, 9 of 19. Turnovers. Turnovers was a bad one. No, yeah, because yeah, Trevon Boykin threw four picks. Go. Well, to me, turnovers is like, if we do this game again, is Trevon really going to throw four picks? No, I throw five. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got to think like a Florida fan here, okay? But like <laughs> Oklahoma State won because they they got a bunch of turnovers, and they also broke some crazy long plays that if – even if TCU, you know, only gives up a 30-yard pass instead of a 70-yard touchdown, maybe that is enough to sort of stem the bleeding. Let, let me give you the stat that, that jumps out and right. just stabs me in the eyeballs. Okay. First downs. Yeah. 36 for TCU. Yeah. And 16 for Oklahoma State. That's the thing, though. When you when you hit a 50-yard touchdown pass, you, you just ran past a lot of potential first downs. <laughs> yeah, you just burned four first downs on one play. You didn't need them. It's, it's sort of like complaining that you don't own the secondary properties in Monopoly. Be like, well, yeah, I, I went straight to Boardwalk. Kirk Ferentz is so confused by all this. <laughs> yeah, 208. <laughs> Like, like TCU had 218 yards to 81. If you're looking at this without looking at the scoreboard or turnovers, you're assuming that this was a TCU bloodbath. Mason right? Rudolph was very good, though, in this game. Well, Six, yeah, okay, okay, they okay, State's offense was good. They there's, don't, no, there's no denying that. They doubled them up. They doubled them up on yards per pass, like seven yards to, th- to like basically 14 yards, 13.9. This was 
this was a game that makes absolutely no sense if you do not figure in Mason Rudolph having a really good game and Trevon Boykin, I guess, having the kind of game that statistically he was due for, overdue for, maybe. Yeah. A bad I mean, it didn't help that they lost Josh Doxson in the second quarter of this game. To me, it's not to take away from OK State's win. It's a great win. It's a, it's a good win in the standings for the resume, for the rankings, all that stuff. Um, they're having an awesome season. Uh, all that they deserve. They deserve all the, all the wonders and glories coming their way. But I don't think we can really look at this like they're 20 points better than TCU. They were on this day and and with this box score on this field. Yes. And yet. But I don't think that we think of these teams as being that far apart in quality. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not, that's not how it's going to work out for the playoff. <laughs> that's not like when we're, when we're looking at them. Well, TCU is not going to the playoff. That's, are, are, yeah. so, so That's, that part's out of the question. Let's do that. Let's ask the most boring question possible. What does this mean for the Big 12's playoff hopes? Oh, it means that three-way knot is so on the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Play it out. Okay. So, looking at the schedule, we have Oklahoma State, who has now just handed the first loss to TCU, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So follow me this way. Who who does TCU still have to play? I mean, these they do still Oklahoma have to play and Oklahoma and Baylor. All of this foursome basically has to play each other. <clears throat> yeah, that that's correct, right? And I'm just going to assume, for comedy's sake, that uh, let's say that Oklahoma State manages to beat Oklahoma but loses to Baylor. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. So we got one loss, one loss Oklahoma State. And a two-loss Oklahoma and a one-loss TCU. So I'm assuming you're just putting undefeated Baylor in. Well, Baylor gets to lose the TCU. Here. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm, there's, because there's the good shit. Because uh, November, or maybe even more humorously, on December 5th, they play Texas. They do. No, no, <laughs> stop it. No, no, not doing that. Texas but, has Texas too has far-fetched. Texas has both lost to Iowa State and beaten Oklahoma. I just want to go ahead and go on the record and state they are capable of literally anything. All things are possible through Texas. It doesn't mean they're all good. All things are totally possible through Texas. So you're looking at a lot of ways where everybody can end up with one loss. And if you as a voter are sitting here at the end of the day looking at a one-loss Stanford coming out of the Pac-12, yeah. a zero-loss Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten, and or <coughs> Iowa. An undefeated Iowa. Iowa. An, an undefeated Cinderella, Iowa, coming out of the Big Ten. An undefeated Clemson coming out of the ACC. And a one-loss Alabama team as SEC oh. champions. I ask you, where does that put the Big 12? Out. So what uh, the if we have the undefeated ACC and Big Ten champs and yeah. then Bama, mm-hmm. okay, so that's three. So now we're talking about now we're talking Stanford or, or Baylor basically. or Notre Dame or Notre Dame lurking there with one win. Well, if Stanford has one loss, then Notre Dame has two. Oh yeah, there is that because they play. That's true. So what if? But so what again? Right. What if I get what so if it, I get, it comes down to St- Stanford or Baylor? What if it's one loss Utah and one loss Notre Dame? 
Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think the Pac-12 is in better shape than a lot of people do because they all play each other. They, they mean, like they had a bad out of conference, but they, you know, whoever emerges will have what racked up a bunch of wins over bowl teams, and Notre Dame is starting to pile those up too. Baylor, however, is not. All right, nope. but but I do think one loss Oklahoma might have a case. A non-crazy case, because they're the only one of these Big 12 teams that had a non-conference opponent worth a damn, went to Tennessee, beat them in a very stupid game, but beat them all the same. The Texas loss is bad, but possibly early enough in the season to be explained as, well, you know, that was then, this is now, and rivalry, blah, 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 blah. I think think if you're looking for a one-loss Big 12 team that can make the case, it's Oklahoma. Plus, yeah, it means, I, it means if, they went out and and beat, in in a row, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State. Of the four of these teams, based on the committee's terms, Oklahoma has the best possible one-loss case because they had, they're the only one with an actual non-conference, and the committee seems to care more about who you beat than who you lost to, yeah. whether we think that's right or wrong. Because you did lose to Texas, Oklahoma. You <laughs> lost to Texas. You did do that. And... and and you like to say the score was close, but Ooh. everyone saw it. And if <laughs> it I, didn't look close, no. And if it I, was on national television, and if and I, there was nothing else to watch. And if I want to believe that things work the way that I think they do, yeah. Then the most beautiful thing karmically for Texas would be not only to hand them a loss, an unanticipated loss in a brutal rivalry game early, <laughs> it would be to scuttle their national championship <laughs> hopes. To have Jeff Long on de- December the seventh or whatever. Well, we lo- liked Oklahoma's body of work and many <laughs> wins against ranked teams we and their unable. overall resume. However, we they lost to Texas. <laughs> I think Texas, <laughs> which should, is a soundly below five hundred team. Texas should tank for that reason. Like just, it, just is is Texas tanking for that reason? <laughs> Just drop the next three. Lose to West Virginia, lose to Texas Tech, lose to Baylor, and tell tell the donors, tell the high school coaches, yeah, we're just fucking with the Sooners. That would be this, uh, Charlie. That not what's happening. Just when that happens, Charlie Strong doing the airplane naked down the halls of <laughs> the Texas football program with the gold cowboy hat from the Red River rivalry. He's got muscles everywhere. All the way to Miami. All the, all the way to Miami, just ruining Oklahoma's entire season. I was at Clemson, Florida State, which will be one of those games where you look at the score from, you know, in a month or two as 23-13 and go, ah, you know, this is a solid win. Real back and forth. Not realizing how much energy was expended into just getting to 23-13. It was two teams moving a lot in a lot of different directions, especially Clemson. Clemson had to run in place for a very long time just to move forward because Florida State played such a good game defensively. And that really won't like, ultimately, what happens in this game. And and being there, it made a lot more sense if you watched it. The first half, Deshaun Watson had one of the most bizarre halves of football that I've seen him play, including in a goal line situation, spiking the ball on third and goal. Because Dabo was waving at him to hurry up. And... <laughs> Did not wave very clearly. That's why those are unstealable signs, though. Unstealable, yeah. When you are <laughs> when you are making the spike gesture, and it means and, hurry up. Remember the most 
literal sign is also the least stealable sign because it's technically public domain. It's all out there. <laughs> Tavo got this one off Wiki Commons. He did. This one was written. This this sign was developed in 1818. This is shareware. I can use, I can use it. <laughs> this is the it's Commander Keen signs. <laughs> My playbook has "Here lies pepperoni and cheese" because I copied this version. Played it on Apple IIe. It's the Oregon Trail of playbooks. Ed, Edgar Allan Poe made this hand sign. It's wow. All yeah, right, but, we're all right. We're calling Camptown races. Hut hut. <laughs> is Happy Birthday available yet? Okay. No, no, no. You can't. You can't make that hand sign. <laughs> Dang it! IP so tricky in college football. The but if you looked at it. Like Clemson has almost 30 first downs to Florida State's 14. They run something like 30 more plays total. Like Clemson dominated this game in terms of pace. It's just that Florida State had a really good game plan to slow everything down and ultimately uh, just lost it because they couldn't do anything. Sean McGuire's, I think, only in his third start. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was hampered, and he still had 194 yards. They didn't take the lead in this game until what, like <laughs> five minutes left in the fourth quarter, or about, no, about eight, seven eight. minutes? They 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 ended up taking the lead in uh, the fourth quarter with like yeah, about halfway through. Yeah, the lead the lead for good was about eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. and okay. to me, the amazing thing is. Um, I feel like both teams came off really well. Like not only did Florida State hang with Clemson for that long, despite the injuries and in a re- in a rebuilding year, as as Bud Elliott likes to say, uh, pretty frequently. Uh, and also Clemson took that shot right away from Dalvin Cook breaking a seventy five yard touchdown, and you know that didn't uh, that didn't sink things. Yeah, and a couple of the like classic counter punches that have been Florida State's thing. For instance, they get like a forty five yard kick return from Kermit Whitfield to go ahead and put them already in like a threatening, you know, field position to score and Clemson chills. They hold them to a field goal. They go back and they get a, you know, they get a score. There are a lot of little things that could have happened here, which would have put them in a tragic situation that Clemson kind of just shrugged off. It helped a lot that they got that pick in the red zone when early in the first quarter after they had already, after they had already gotten a touchdown from Dalvin cook, punted the ball shortly thereafter and and Florida State had marched right back down. That felt like okay, maybe the floods are not about to wash you away. Yeah, and I don't know what Florida like honestly, this is one of those games where I looked at Florida State and thought y'all should be pretty happy with this because you come in with, you know, a noob quarterback, you come in with a, a quarterback with a lot of inexperience. You have Dalvin Cook playing on one hamstring, maybe. And he almost gets 200 yards. You run him 21 times, which for an injured back is astonishing. And you're in that game until the early fourth on the road. So watching it, I I felt pretty good about both teams. I know that's not how this is going to look. I just hope that's how people who really like go back and look at this, like for playoff resume purposes. I hope that's how they go back and look at this, that they come back and go. This was actually like a really – this was a – Really well coached, really well organized team that happened to lose to another yeah. really well coached, well organized team. This it, it seems like that's how things work now. Like, like the committee doesn't. It seems like they don't punish teams just for losing. Like doing this is probably about what the 16th ish ranked team should do on a good day. So sure, leave them right around there. Deshaun Watson was awesome. 
In the second half, he was absolutely he amazing. Really awesome. He ends up finishing with 400 total yards of offense, passes for like 300, rushes for 100. You know, and they, by the way, like this is the cool thing about Clemson. They are so calm. They they couldn't do what they wanted to do offensively, which is throw down the middle of the field. By the way, Clemson misses like an easy touchdown in the first quarter too. There's a the tight end streaky open down the middle of the field and they miss him and they didn't get flustered. They just adopted, they changed their game plan. Deshaun Watson starts running more. They start running like a crazy amount of screams because Jalen Ramsey is just blowing everything up. So they just gave up. They don't go right at him. They just say, okay, fine. Chase blockers, right? You're pass rushing. Cool. Come on in. We'll just throw screens behind you and, you know, let our fast guys just embarrass you in the open field because you're tired because we run like 70 plays at that point. And that's ultimately what works for Clemson. It was cool to watch in person. I had been to many games. I haven't been to many games this year. It was really fun to watch a team, watch two teams not yield. They really didn't yield a lot until like, you know, the math fell in on them. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, Clemson. It's not the most exciting game of the week. Like in contrast to everything, but it was a very pleasant, very informative thing to watch. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing wasn't really very informative, and I want to talk about this for like eight sentences, maybe eight. I'll start counting. Go ahead. Florida beat Vanderbilt. All right, that's one. One. It was very bad. Two. I think we're good, honestly. I'm trying to think of a third sentence. I don't, don't think ca- you don't count them. this one. Let's never talk about it again. Okay. The dentist kicker <laughs> gave gave his spot back to the old kicker, and that guy hit hit the winning three run homer. Not not the dentist, the non dentist. The final score was nine seven. Is that five sentences? I think yeah, you're at five now. This game was poop. Six. There we go. Okay. Uh, it was that said. It was not the worst Florida game I've seen in the last five years. No, because we won. Because we won. It's, it's not even because of that. It's really not. Like, it, it was an ugly final score. I don't feel great about it. It gives you no confidence in Florida heading into the SEC championship game, which they booked their ticket to. That said, like, they just turned the ball over a hell of a lot. And they were probably due for one of those games where you just can't you know don't recover your own fumbles and make a lot of stupid mistakes and you know have too many penalties and turn it over on the wrong side of the field but all told you know they still they still managed to pass the ball reasonably well they managed to play really really great defense against Vanderbilt against Vanderbilt yeah that's fine but it, it it was it was not the worst thing I've ever seen from Florida. It's maybe top five of the last ringing review. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not watch this game. I Michigan. I watched the whole thing. No, I, I watched that game. Oh. Uh, I watched like the second half probably, You're which gross. was I watched the I watched the butt end of it. Okay, that's where all the meat is. It was all butt, so I don't know what that means. But please, no, I, continue. No, the, this was mostly shoulder and clavicle, if we're talking meat-wise. Do you, like, but, do you like marrow? Yeah. This was a big bag of ankles. It's delicacy. It, this was. This was. Maybe you could make some really piss-poor asabuco out of this game. This is a bunch of ears. 
Yeah. No, no, no. The dog will eat the ears. Dog wouldn't eat this game. Florida Vanderbilt, the necklace of ears. Michigan State, Nebraska. I did. Yeah. Oh, did, did y'all watch this? I need a report. So, so Jason, I think, is on record amongst our editorial staff as having a very am, different view am, of the end of this game. Yeah, as I'm, I'm I think, the lone voice here. As I think the rest of us. Do you want to explain your yourself here? So, <clears throat> in case anyone hasn't seen the play, uh, Nebraska's driving to, uh, to take the lead with, in, I think, like 12 seconds to go against Michigan State. Throws bomb down the sideline. Receiver is out of bounds. Uh, with a defender right next to him, he pops back in, catches it, goes for the touchdown, the win. The refs did not call him as having stepped out of bounds on purpose-ish or however you'd want to turn it. And since you can't review that part of it, all they can re- review is that he came back in, which of course he did because he caught the touchdown. So touchdown stood, Nebraska won. Um, and a lot of people did not like that because uh, it, it it appeared that what the refs were saying was that he was was forced out, and a lot of people saw that he was not like shoved. He was not shoved. Yeah, he he wasn't actually shoved out, which I'll grant. Um, but to me, the language of the rule makes it, it it apparent to me that it's more like if he's out of bounds because of the defender, not necessarily pushed by the defender. If he's out of bounds because of the defender, and you know, what's he supposed to do? trample the defender to get to the ball? Then that's a flag on him. To me, he was avoiding the defender. That's why he went out of bounds. So I had no problem with the touchdown, and that you know, I, I root for Michigan State, so I, there's no bias here at all. To me, it's Nebraska's touchdown. I had no problem with it at all. I will also state this, that Jason has landed firmly on the side of the receiver, not the defender on this play. I applaud that, it, that, uh, that version of the rule. I think I would have to side with Jason here. Okay, that's fine. Uh, here's, here's... So far, the, the only people who agree with me on this uh, are, are my dad and Spencer, and they are wildly different in every way, so old. this is a broad spectrum. Congratulations, old. Well, olds. Okay. Yeah, um, the, the old, all of us old people just love touchdowns. <laughs> we do. We absolutely love touchdowns and, us young and liberal, people, and liberal us, passing rules. And us young people, you young folks love defense. Love the enforcement of rules. <laughs> really, like what's more the equivalent of moving back in with your parents than playing defense and punting? Man, blogger on blogger violence. That's not cool. <laughs> your parents are barons in brooklyn ryan i know please my parents are too smart to move to new york city um here's here's why it doesn't matter um god michigan state you just let nebraska do whatever they wanted on offense i i i do feel i do disagree with jason i'm not thrilled that the game ended on that call uh that said well the game didn't end on that call it effectively did I mean, it, or now it effectively, like now that you know the script, Michigan State with Connor Cook, okay, sure. at the helm, still had the opportunity. I believe it was Connor Cook. Who yeah, they the had, they got the ball with 17 seconds back. They could have potentially some weird, yeah, some weird stuff happened in the pocket. Yeah, and he ended up burning about it, eight seconds. Let me put it this way: it flipped it flipped the probability significantly in Nebraska's favor. Is that good enough for you? I accept that, counselor. Okay. That said, to, to me, to me, that touchdown just put it on. Oh God, this this is going to hurt Nebraska even more. Well, they just they just I mean, they Nebraska passed, including that pass, for nearly ten yards an attempt. They yeah, ran let, let, they they ran for five yards a carry let, on let, Michigan State. One of my old rules, which is this: 
if you're complaining about a call, guess what? Your team played some crap-ass football that puts you in the position where the referees decided. This is why you play maximalist football. This is why you have wide margins of victory. Because guess what? If you're beating someone's ass by 17 or 24 points, you know who can't affect the margin of victory? The ref. Michigan State just doesn't have – they don't have a great defense this year. They just don't. You know, I, mean, the, I, I think some of that defense is in Pittsburgh. Some, some of it is, and some of it they lost some key contributors early in the season or before the season started. But they're not shutting teams down. You know, Rutgers went for six yards of play against them. Indiana went for six and a half. And these are games that they won, but they, they, they were symptoms of a larger problem that came to fruition in Lincoln. And that's why both I don't... Both of these... Uh, yeah, Michigan State and Nebraska, they were both very, very, very due for this result. The Spartans have been trying to lose a game all year. Nebraska's <laughs> been trying to win a game all year. And those things finally clicked. You know whose defense is currently 47th in terms of just raw scoring defense? Poor. That would be that'd be Michigan State. Do you, know who's, do you know whose defense is at 46? Nebraska? Oklahoma State. Wow. But yeah, a little bit, little better than people think in terms of just that raw number. Yeah. Also, consider this Oklahoma State; they're playing that in the Big Twelve, so which is definitely not what Michigan State's facing in terms of uh, in terms Illinois of Illinois and Texas Tech are very similar in that neither one of them are going to sniff a playoff anytime soon. Some people, some people would compare, you know, Oregon and and Central Michigan. Sure, <laughs> sure. You could. I don't I like, know why. I like to think that Central Michigan is the trendsetter, fashion-wise. Of, I mean, it really, Mount Pleasant is basically the Eugene of Michigan. But now we get here's the fun. Here's the fun outcome of this game. Somebody brought this up to me on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. Let's say Michigan State just focuses all its efforts on taking down the Buckeyes on November twenty-first. Let's say they succeed. That means Michigan-Ohio State becomes a game that decides whether Michigan State or Ohio State goes to the to the Big Ten Conference Championship. Does this set up a possible scenario where Iowa gets to play Michigan State in uh, the Big Ten Championship yes, game? Yes, it does. That is that is possible. Yes, yes, it does. And that sets up a conversation where we possibly have an undefeated Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and actually, it goes beyond that. I mean, if Michigan State wins out, they're in because they only have one conference loss. And if they were to beat Ohio State, then they would have beat both the teams they could possibly tie correct, with. Correct, correct. So <laughs> we could be really basically one upset away from a Michigan State-Iowa Big Ten championship. It also opens the door for a Michigan-Iowa Big Ten championship game because if Ohio State wins out but loses to Michigan – in that Big Ten, in that final game before the conference championship, they'll each have one loss in the conference, and Michigan will have the tiebreaker. I want to mention a few other quick teams of merit, things that I found fascinating before we close with Old Miss Arkansas, because I think it's natural that we have to close on Brett Bielema's maybe most ass-pullinist victory. When I say ass-pullinist, I mean treating your butt like the magical hat and pulling rabbits from it. This would be... which. Who knows? None Brett, of this is a metaphor, by the way. No, it's literal. Brett Bielema grew up on a farm in Iowa. There's no telling what he did for entertainment. That's uh, That way the tax man can't take him from you. 
it's true. They're technically not livestock at that point. You can't tax them. You gotta tax them differently. That's fertilizer. The rabbits? Yep. Adorable <laughs> fertilizer. Ugh, I don't they know count why as we, livestock? I don't know why we tax rabbits in this country, but we do. Rabbits Please. are you my, my daughter just got a rabbit. I don't know what the point of the thing is. It just sits. Well, congratulations. It, you're you're now a gentleman farmer. <laughs> Shit. Jason moved Bert on up. I. Also, you just admitted that in a podcast. Georgia Tax and Revenue want to talk about your state. This this, this, this transitive this transitive win over Bama has really made you quite the quite the gentleman. I'm claiming this little fella as a as a as a deductible. This rabbit beat Bama. <laughs> this rabbit is an <laughs> agricultural investment. Please, what games do you want to talk about? I'm a land grant university. I want to. I want to mention this: that uh, a few things. One, that Washington State and Arizona State played. One of them six and three, and four and two in the Pac-12, and it's not Arizona State. Nope. No, Amazing. It's not. Luke Falk's been unconscious. Threw for four ninety-seven and five TDs on Arizona State. Arizona State's four and five, dude. They are having a craptastic year. Uh, another team I want to mention: Wisconsin, quietly eight and two. Just very quietly, very extremely. They, quietly. Are they are they seriously like the nation's least meritorious eight and two team? Arguably, you, yeah, I think. Well, so. I mean, it's funny because now they have losses to like two teams that are going to be in like the top eight, but that's fine. They just haven't done anything I, otherwise. Yeah, I don't. I, their best win at this point is Illinois, I guess. Yeah. Also, going back to this. Uh, Cal and uh, Oregon and Washington State have the same record, both in conference and overall. That's a real thing that we should all reflect on at this point in life. Question everything, uh, remove your assumptions, and reconsider your basic stance on existence because I just said that, and it's totally true. Also, Washington State holds the tiebreaker. They hold the tiebreaker. I mean, not that it matters. Washington State is... It doesn't matter. <laughs> not that it Stan- Stanford could decide to leave football. Sure. They could. It could happen. You never know. Maybe they just run one of them fancy Google calculations they got, and the mm-hmm. computer's like, blorp, drop football. They just do I, I guess my point with the tiebreaker is just we can actually say Washington State is ahead of Oregon on the year. Okay. Say, you're not going to stop me. I might even say it if it, it's not true. If it just feels right. Another team I wanted to mention, North Carolina, putting up the, <laughs> putting up the old say say on Duke, the devil's number on the Blue Devils themselves, 66-31. Yes. North Carolina just not – zero couth. And if not for maybe the most improbable loss in the ACC this year outside of Florida State, Georgia Tech, which is really super improbable, go Nels. North Carolina losing to SEC South Carolina to start this year makes zero sense because otherwise we would have basically two undefeated North Carolina and Clemson playing in the ACC championship game. It's fucking everything up. Yeah, and North Carolina lost to South Carolina because of interceptions by Marquise Williams, who had 425 yards at halftime against Duke. Yeah. So a really, really, really good player had a really, really, really bad game. That's what it took. Yeah. And remember, Ryan Switzer, future New England Patriot. He's he's coming for Edelman's job. God, that's so I got the Dallas Cowboys on TV right now. Cole Beasley just <laughs> cut this kid's hair, and you got you got Switzer. <laughs> yeah. Also, we really should have known they were going to be good. They have a guy named Bug Howard. Bug Howard, obvious lightning rod for excellence. 
you really should have seen this coming. All standing up for Gene Chizik to take that UCF job. Oh, totally happening. Sweet. Any he's other, he's it, gonna get a spray tan then. Oh dude, he is getting the richest spray tan. <laughs> and he's gonna wear a white shirt and it'll come off and mm-hmm. we'll all laugh at him. The any other games you want to mention before we discuss the most improbable ending of the week? Can we this is this is not gonna mean anything to anyone. South Florida is five and four. And they still get South to play. Florida's probably going to a bowl. Yeah, they still get to play UCF. Like, uh, we we never talk about USF, and that is for a reason. But, hey, good job, Willie Taggart. You were on the hot seat squarely, and you have, you know, you have pulled something out here. I don't know what it is, but it's something. I would really laugh if he took the UCF job at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're evil. Just drove all of his stuff down I four. You're evil. Okay. Uh, and and the only other thing I would point out is that Arizona. I don't I don't know what Arizona's doing. Like the state of Arizona as a whole, the product has gone down so badly to the point where the Arizona the the uh, territorial cup might determine who gets in a bowl game. Mm, stayed. Listen, Todd Graham stayed on this particular Grey's Anatomy way too long. <laughs> No, you should jump in those first two seasons when the agents are talking movies. Nah, it's like season nope. six. This, got... is, this is the one where a Ferris wheel explodes and a ghost comes and, and talks to you. Exactly. <laughs> this is the one where, Todd, you're going to perform, uh, you're going to get out the electro paddles and shock a deer back to life. There's a, there's a baby. Uh, there's, a, there, there's a bomb in Washington State's heart. Can you get it out? Oops, you blew up. Also, the heart is inside of a whale. Yeah. This, this may seem similar if we did this last season. But the whale was inside a deer. Delicious. It's different. It's different. We've raised the stakes. (laughs) We have. It's it's Can't Miss TV, an episode you can't afford to miss. Arizona football 2015. Best part, this doesn't affect Rich Rod at all. No. No. Because, man, there are are a bunch of jobs. Oh, man. That's the amazing part. It's like like the Rich Rod sweepstakes. It's like, don't you notice his team is going to finish like five or seven? Yeah. That's fine. No way. Trash sweep takes, man. Somebody's picking this up. Uh, Yeah, I know that you've already graduated, but we're still living together, so you kind of have to do your share of the chores. Yeah, man, fuck that. I'm not doing that. So let me take us now that we mentioned the games and finish. We, we got the spare change out of the way. I want to go to the big bills. That would be the, the wonder that was. Snoop Hoggie. Ha, ha, hog. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Disagree. <laughs> Malvoted. Damn it. I like to do one thing to make the le- listener deeply uncomfortable every week. So <laughs> the the great discomfort in this being not the not just the ending, okay, but there were several steps along the way that made this completely improbable. Right? It was very dumb. Yeah, Hugh Freeze go. Hugh Freeze went for it on the forty nine, right? He did. He with with uh, sixteen seconds to go, facing a fourth and six in regulation. Uh, you would think at the basically at midfield, you would just punt the ball away, let Arkansas take a knee, go to overtime, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Instead, uh, Hugh Freeze went for it. Did not convert. Arkansas got the ball back through a 20-yard pass. Fortunately, got the kick blocked and then won in overtime anyway because they converted on 4th and 25. Uh, two plays later, scored a touchdown and went for two and got it. 
Oh, and I skipped the part where they went for two and missed it, but a face mask penalty gave them a second chance. I don't think the Lord loved you today, Hugh Freeze. Hey, he's just asking. Hugh Freeze has unconfessed sin. <laughs> it's just a blessing. That's all this is. It's a blessing in disguise to pick up your second conference loss, your third, which, by the way, the, the, the out-of-conference loss that beat you, Memphis, happened to suffer their first loss as well. Yeah, but that that was that was probably to a better team than Arkansas. <laughs> you think Navy's better than Arkansas? I, I, do you, I think Navy Arkansas would give Brett Bielema a level of erotic pleasure <laughs> to which I am not comfortable discussing. The game would somehow be over in 59 minutes real time. <laughs> oh, God. And Mike Felder the, was the, the greatest game ever. Where'd the minute played. go? <laughs> exactly, Matt. Like when you when you get that game, when that game gets starting to get to like Netflix, like, would you like to watch the next Arkansas Old Miss game or next Arkansas Navy game? <laughs> Are you still watching Old Arkansas <laughs> Navy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a screensaver. Yeah, Fly, that, flying toasters everywhere. That and this, that not only did they pull this off, throwing a ball. That ball, by the way, when thrown. Was it like 20 yards backwards? It was. So they throw a pass ten on, on 4th and 25. The ball is thrown 10 yards short of the sticks. So it th- travels 15 yards forward. It is then lateraled back about 3 yards behind the li- line of scrimmage. So, yeah, 18 yards at that point. On the di- good, on the, a good uh, chuck. Yeah. On the diagonal. Have you tried that? On the diagonal, basically over dude's head. I mean, go out your backyard and try that. This is really hard to throw. Like, that is an extremely difficult act of athleticism requiring great skill to throw the ball on the diagonal like 18 yards behind your head. It was awesome. There are some Ole Miss fans mad because, like, how can that even be a football thing? He wasn't aiming at anybody. And, you know, you raise the case that, well, sure, look how far he threw it. That alone is a football thing. Look how strong he is. Also, listen, I watched Jonathan Crompton play quarterback in the SEC. Intent is no part of a completion. It was, I mean, Ole Miss basically lost because Arkansas started to play the Highland games. They're like, oh, let's caper toss. Cool. (laughs) We'll turn this into the haggis throw. You're the haggis in this case, Ole Miss. Delicious.